0: Christopher Bell won in Bristol last weekend on DIRT. He joins us now here in the Freak Nation, and it was an early morning morning phone call with Christopher. A dude that wins a a big race like Bristol, do you have trouble sleeping the night after and then the night after and then the night after?
1: Well, I can tell you that, Monday night, uh, I slept pretty well because Sunday was definitely a late one. We, uh, it was obviously a Sunday night race. Um, and then whenever we got home, the entire team went to Waffle House and, uh, ended up getting some breakfast together. So it was the late one before we ended up, um, going to sleep. And then Monday is, is, you know, back to work and trying to discuss the race and how we went. So we had all of our meetings Monday. Um, and then Monday night was the night that we finally go to sleep.
0: What does Joe Gibbs Racing do after a win? We see how there are teams that will gather all the crew, all the the guys back at the shop and have a big party or a big picture or a big breakfast. What does uh, Joe Gibbs do after a big win?
1: Yeah, so typically after every every win on Monday, well, after every race on Monday, we have our competition meeting where uh, you know all the drivers, crew chiefs get together and kind of discuss the race weekend. Well, before that, they have what they call a banner ceremony. And uh, for anyone that hasn't been to Joe Gibbs Racing, you know, up on the top of the race shop, there's a, a banner for every single win that the company's had. Um, so I think it's at like 1.30 in the afternoon or something like that right after lunch. Uh, everyone gathers there and uh, the winning driver gets to go up and, and raise a banner.
2: Whoa, this sounds like basketball. I'm liking this. I mean of course i come from a basketball area of the country the midwest and raising banners is a ginormous thing so is there a competition in how many banners you're going to get by the end of the year whether it's per driver or for joe Gibbs himself and for the team themselves
1: uh probably a little bit of pride amongst the drivers you know there's not really a prize so to speak of but i remember whenever i started uh, in 2021, um, there really wasn't very many 20 banners. I, I know uh, Eric won what Darlington and the Daytona race a, at some point, uh, but you know, lots of 11, lots of 18, and Martin Truex had a lot of 19 banners up. Um, so, my goal was to get some 20 banners h- hung up in there, and uh, there's a lot of 20 banners up there now. Well, I shouldn't say a lot, use that mm-hmm. loosely, but more than the rest of them at least.
2: Well, hold on, though. It's interesting you bring that up because in a sense, the way things are structured now with NASCAR and the points and the playoffs, do you feel the need now to just pump up a bunch of banners or, hey, you're in the playoffs now? It's almost like or is it testing mode to make sure that you're at your peak by the time the playoffs come around?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think last year was a uh, a really big learning curve for us because I. I I hate using that word because Adam Stevens, my crew chief is, you know, a veteran he's won this deal multiple times, but whenever we got into the playoffs last year, we only had the one race win at Loudon and, uh, and we didn't win any stages. So we really didn't have a bunch of playoff points and it really bit us. And whenever we had issues in the, the second round of the playoffs and even the third round of the playoffs, we had those issues and we didn't have enough points to overcome it and we had to win the races. And thankfully we were able to win the races. But, you know, it starts in February, whenever the season starts. That's how you accumulate the, those playoff points to help you later on in the season. So, you know, we've got one win, which pays five playoff points. And uh, we, we, need to, we need to start stacking them up. So hopefully we can win some more races and win some stages to uh, pad our, our points position whenever we get to the playoffs.
3: You're one of those guys that might be. Uh, the next generation of uh stars in NASCAR Cup, and some of the guys that in the previous generation are saying you guys in the new generation don't give them enough respect. How do you feel about that?
1: Um, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know, I, I would be, I would. I guess encourage them to ask them what they think about me, particularly because I feel like I have a pretty good relationship with the majority of the veterans in the garage. Um, so you know, I there's there's definitely guys that race you hard and guys that have issues, you know, across the garage. Uh, but I think for the most part, uh, you you know, you have um, good relationships. Yeah.
2: Who do you trust the most when you're racing? Uh, teammates aside, who do you really feel the most comfortable with on the track racing side by side?
1: You know, that's that's a loaded question. And <laughs> Kyle Busch is one that comes to mind. He was my teammate last year, and and now sure. he's not. So I guess I can use that answer. But Kyle has always been great to me. Uh, you know, Harvick is a guy, he's a, a veteran that will race you very hard if it's at the right time and place but you know if it's it if it's not in the right time or place he'll definitely cut you slack and he's not going to wreck you at all so I uh, always had a good run with harvick um even keslowski logano those guys have been really uh respectful to me and and hopefully that they would say the same about me uh so yeah i mean i i, I don't know it's uh i would say kyle bush has been the the most respectful to me though
0: Christopher Bell joining us here in the Freak Nation, your winner from Bristol. You got Martinsville this weekend, but getting back to Bristol, we've got the sound bites from drivers who say, Yeah, take the dirt off Bristol. Bristol doesn't need dirt. I didn't hear a sound bite from you, Christopher Bell. You won the damn race. I think you're pretty happy to have dirt on Bristol, buddy.
1: I mean, I'll be honest, Kenny. It seemed like a, a pretty good race to me. Um, <laughs> you know, I, concrete Bristol is amazing, and uh, dirt Bristol, you know, I. I it was not amazing the first year and then the second year was pretty good. And, and then I thought this year was great. So, um, that and, and that's not like the third stage I would call pretty boring for my seat. Cause I just led every lap, but you know, stage two, whenever I was in the middle of the pack, I was just blown away by guys, you know, passing for the lead. I remember Kyle Bush and Tyler Reddick were sliding each other back and forth and there were two and three wide where I was, Uh, It seemed like a pretty darn good race from from my seat. And, uh, you know, I think, fortunately, for Bristol Motor Speedway standpoint, they're, uh, they're gonna they're in a winning position, whether it's concrete or dirt. So good for them.
2: You know what, I think we do have a little bit of sound from you last year saying that you'd prefer concrete over dirt. So explain to me why things or how they got better through the years, not just you and and your knowledge of the track and your knowledge of the dirt on the track, but is there something else at play there that made it better consecutively each year?
1: Yeah, I mean, the the keys is 100% in track preparation. And, you know, the first year they attempted to do it in the daytime. And and that is an epic no, no for dirt track racing. And, and it was extremely hard to see. The track was literally coming apart because it was so dry. Um, and and dust was flying everywhere. Tires were getting destroyed. And then we learned from that. And then the next night or the next year, they made it a night race. Uh, and and it was definitely on the way to being really good. And we had a couple of rain delays that I think hindered the, uh, you know, the overall event. um, and then the third year, you know, the weather was really good and the track was really good and, uh, it was really good race.
3: We're talking with Bristol winner, Christopher Bell. You kind of hinted at this, Christopher, that uh, there, there's different racing going on in the middle of the pack, and the back of the pack. I know it's, there's different styles of driver, different levels of driver skill, but what's it like racing at the front, in the front pack, the first 10 cars or so, the next 10 cars or so, and racing at the back? Are you, does it take a different mindset to go through those three different races?
1: um, Yeah, that's a good question. And it, uh, it, it, you're way more likely to you know, have a full contact sport, you know, the further that you get back into the pack and at the, at the up, up front, you can kind of separate yourselves and we see like the first two or three cars can get single filed out. And then, you know, you get back in there and it's two wide, three wide. We even saw a lot of four wide at Bristol uh, last week. So You know, it it is. You're definitely on top of each other once you get back in the middle.
3: Do you find guys back there that, ooh, I'd rather not be around him, and that makes your race harder to get out of that group of cars? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I I don't, I can't, you know, single anyone out. I don't, I don't know, you know. Yeah, this guy works really hard, or whatever. You could
3: single a guy out if you want to. Come on. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't really have, it. there's no one in, the, in my head that, you know, I, I think of like that, but, um, yeah, it's definitely, it, it's definitely tough racing once you get back there for sure.
0: Christopher, it's always fantastic when you roll in the freak nation. Congratulations. We're big fans of yours. We like what you're mm-hmm. doing, man. You're making a whole lot of noise on the racetrack and you're doing it uh, the right way, buddy. Thank you for doing this, man.
1: I appreciate it. Go, uh, Enjoy your coffee. All right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Christopher. See you guys.